Hello and welcome to the Spiraling Higher podcast hosted by me, Sam, Mindset and Manifestation Coach. And me, Gina, your biz and mindset coach. We're here to support you on your spiritual journey by bringing you intimate and raw conversations about healing, manifestation, consciousness, and spirituality. We hope this podcast makes you feel less alone as you become aware of your patterns and limiting beliefs to uplevel your life, manifest like a boss, and together, spiral higher. Wow, this conversation with Dr. Kim DeRamo is literally going to be such an insane paradigm shift for our listeners. Yeah, I mean, it was for for us too in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, anybody who is struggling or has struggled with pain, illness, which is all of us, this is going to stretch the way that you see it and the way that you approach mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So if you're anyone who's ever dealt with chronic illness or are closely connected with someone who has moved through chronic illness, this is going to be an absolute... Like, I can't even explain how dramatically this is going to shift your perspective. And before it shifts your perspective, it's going to stun you. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason why Dr. Kim Durama was the best person to bring on for this is because she was actually previously a physician and an ER doctor, she, yeah. An ER doctor, yeah, exactly. And she actually became ridden with a chronic illness, literally. She was in medical school and she was struggling to figure out what the issues was. She had so many different issues coming up. They, I touched on her for allergies. Um, she developed severe joint and back pain, headaches, weight gain, aches and chills, and had this chronic low fatigue. And every time she went to go speak to a doctor or an allergy specialist, they repeatedly told her that nothing was wrong. And she was eventually prescribed antidepressants until finally diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And what's crazy about her story is she no longer has any of those symptoms. Mm -hmm. And so instead of hearing it from us, we wanted to bring someone on to talk about the mind-body connection, how literally our thoughts and our identity and our perspectives literally shift the way our energy and our state of being and physiology behaves, what types of personalities and thoughts create a breeding ground for certain types of chronic illnesses. And Mm -hmm. we wanted to bring this information to you not to make you feel bad or for any of the listeners who know people who deal with chronic illness to feel bad about what they've created, but to actually empower them with the knowledge that there is a higher power and perspective to shift this. It can be shifted. And yeah, Dr. Kim is the proof. Yeah, I love it because she is obviously an actual doctor. So the way that she explains things and from her perspective and her actual experience in her her practice, um, it's so... I guess there's just that level of trust that we maybe can initially have that allows us to be open to what she's saying because she is, like I said, a physician, but she's also incredibly spiritual and she is a spiritual teacher and she's able to kind of bridge those two worlds together. And I think again, because she is a doctor, there is this level of more openness uh, for for us and for you as our listeners to to hear what she has to say. And she shares a lot of really beautiful examples of her work and how it's completely transformed people. And yeah, this was definitely a paradigm shifting conversation for me as well and showcasing me what I can do differently around the people in my life who are experiencing chronic pain or illness and how I can even show up differently instead of being like, you know, you can just think differently, right? Um, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That was so huge. There were so many incredible moments of awareness for in this for us. And um, I think what she does so well is also 
like you said, weaving the spirituality with her medical background. But what she came to understand through healing her own chronic illness is that medicine can only take you so far. And Mm -hmm. so what's interesting is, yes, she's a doctor and that's why we trust her. But also she's asking us all to trust ourselves. Like don't necessarily just trust the system. And also she challenges that maybe the system is not completely in our best interest, right? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people's pockets at play. And um, this is just really going to ask you and invite you to stretch your mind and invite in perspectives that maybe you've not been taught um, through the lens of medicine. But that's why we thought Kim would be the perfect person to bring on because she has both lens. She has the medical lens and background and the spiritual lens because it was not actually medicine that healed her. It was herself Mm -hmm. and her connection to, yeah, a greater power than her. Yeah. And I think something that she touched on a lot throughout the conversation was that it just makes sense why we're so afraid to let go of the perceived control that we have um, and why it can feel so scary for us to surrender into a painful experience or a painful illness. And so I really like how she shared, like you said, her own life experience and what she's gone through. Um, And I think you and I, after we finished recording, we kind of chatted about our own experience with being sick and the fears that we have. And and in my journey, my mom instilled a lot of fear in me. Um, you know, a big trigger for us in our family was anything related to safety, which of course was health. And so I grew up often being afraid of getting sick and not wanting to get sick and, you know, being really stressed out about that. And, you know, now that I'm a mom, it's like I have fears around my daughter getting sick. Cause of course I don't want her to feel in pain. And so it makes sense why we're afraid. So as you're listening to, to this episode and you know, you're hearing these, um, I guess you can call them suggestions on ways that we can surrender and let go. Um, if it triggers you a bit into fear, know that that makes sense and you're not alone. Um, and that's okay. It's totally okay to be where you're at. And so for me, I think this really encouraged me, as you said, Sam, to feel more empowered to, I guess, I don't want to say repel illnesses, but more empowered to know that there's power bigger than me at play here. Mm-hmm. And I think um, one of my favorite things that she really dove into was how do we allow acceptance and surrender at the same time that we take power um, exactly. or uh, empower ourselves to work through something like a chronic illness? And this is such an interesting paradox because what actually often keeps us from healing is trying to fight against it, right? Mm-hmm. We're sick, we're unwell, and so we want to fight. But if anyone has ever been sick with just a regular old virus or cold, right? It's like, you know that what actually heals that is accepting that you're sick and just doing what you can until you feel better. And so with chronic illness, what's interesting is she suggests that it's our resistance to the pain and us trying to battle our bodies and the victimhood that this always happens to me. Like I knew it, it was going to happen again. That's actually what's keeping the pattern in place. And so yes, if you're someone who struggles with that, this conversation could be really illuminating and potentially triggering for you. But at the end of the day, it will be healing because Mm -hmm. what we do not know, right, is what keeps us in the dark. Like we are always, I feel like being being brought to the wisdom or the greater wisdom rather that there is more than what we know in our own minds. And I think that we know that there's, we've done everything. And I think that's one of the personality types she defines. It's like, I've been through this. I'm suffering with this. I've done everything. It's kind of like, there is no possible way there could be another solution. Like I've tried it all, but it's like, that is actually when you're being asked to let go. And there is something greater than what your mind can understand when it comes to healing something. Um, And medicine can only take us so far 
so funny. Mm. It actually reminds me, it reminds me of Oppenheimer. Have you seen it yet? No, that doesn't really feel like a movie that I would enjoy watching. But. It was it was actually so interesting. But one of the things that Oppenheimer, the physicist, kept saying over and over and over again was theory only takes you so far. Mm. And this is kind of like what we talk about too, Gina. We say that words yes. don't teach, experience does, right? Yeah. And so you will need... I think, I think like having these experiences where you release something to a greater higher power, like you can only believe in that if you've experienced it. And so if you are at a place right now where you feel like at your wits end with a chronic illness, or maybe you know someone who's there, this is this episode, I hope in this conversation will bring you to a place where maybe you believe even for just a a sliver of a moment, like maybe there's something more than what I'm aware of and Mm. allowing that possibility to infuse your cells and actually create healing. Yeah. What's so interesting though, too, if you... for some reason, don't have somebody in your life that experiences chronic pain or you've never experienced that, you can pretty much replace physical pain throughout this entire conversation with emotions. And it's the Mm -hmm. exact same thing, right? It's like when we resist and we try to medicate our emotions with more meditation or more, more healers or more, you know, more sessions with other people. It's like so many times our resistance of the emotional pain is also what keeps it there too, or our obsession to try to get rid of it is also what keeps it there. And so, yeah, this was also so interesting to hear the correlation and the connection between our physical body and our emotions. You know, it's really the same symptoms and treatment. We literally can't separate them. And what is so unfortunate, I feel that Western medicine has done is just separate the mind, body, and spirit into these different parts. Actually discarding spirit completely. It's like, that's not helpful here in the hospital, but that's actually the piece that Kim has brought back in. And it's actually has the most power. Mm. And um, I didn't get a chance to mention this actually on the episode, but what I wanted to talk about briefly was how my dad actually had a spontaneous healing from his own cancer. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was 13 and, um, uh, yeah, he had stage three uh, Burkitt's lymphoma. So it was an aggressive cancer and he did get all the medical treatments, right? Chemo. But there was a certain point in time where that was no longer working and he was in the ICU. And what's crazy is that his health got to a point where the doctors actually said to us, you need to call the family, tell them to come. Basically, it's time to like say our goodbyes. So literally like everyone flew from fucking Korea to be like, we have to say bye to your dad, like he's going to die. And I remember, it's so interesting. I don't even remember what my thoughts were at that time because I think I literally was disassociated, which is something yeah. that I often do, I recognize. yeah. I don't remember like anything that I was thinking, um, but I don't even remember perceiving that he was going to die. Like maybe I never allow that reality to sink in. Mm. But um, what's more important is that my dad never allowed that reality to sink in. So when all of the family came and visited, what he believes is that, this essentially changed his vibration. He felt more love for all the people in the room. You know, he was receiving the love also too from the people in the room. Like there's an energy field and Kim talks about that as well. Like our energy field affects other people's energy fields. Like we are part of this one collective body of energy. And if you think about quantum physics, we're not even separate. We're all just like 99.9% space, right? So it makes sense that whoever's in your space is going to affect your energy. And so my dad actually said that it was love that healed him, not medicine. And it's so interesting because that's actually what Kim is sort of pioneering and championing is that yes, medicine is helpful. She is obviously a physician, Mm -hmm. but there is something elemental and essential that goes beyond, goes beyond the textbooks. It goes beyond Mm -hmm. the science. Mm-hmm. I love that story about your dad because he's so he's so vibrant. And I remember talking to him about this and it was his commitment to literally not dying. 
it was like, nope, I'm not, that's not happening for me. Even like, and, and just think about that too. Like if you're on what the doctor is telling you is your deathbed and everyone else around you is affirming this Mm -hmm. and you just choose not to believe it, like that's the power of your own embodiment power of, of the your truth. Path. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, actually, one of Kim's greatest beliefs is that thoughts create your reality, which is a belief we also share. Yep. And how the emotions that are tied to those thoughts directly affect your cells. And so, of course, mm-hmm. what you're thinking and the thoughts you're identified with are going to create illness as well, as much as they can create beautiful opportunities and success for you. Mm-hmm. And so it is so fascinating when you can remove this basically the story of being victimized by your pain and sickness and see them actually as honestly manifestations of how powerful you are. It's like if you can create something so painful, you could also create something so beautiful. Mm. Um, And I I think that people need to realize, and they will through this episode, that essentially they have more power than they think they have. And Mm. so this is going to be a really, really powerful paradigm shift for anyone who's even just been sick even if you've been sick, um, I love how you said about my dad not believing he was ever going to let the cancer was never going to get him. Um, Kim actually talks about how she legitimately somatically and intellectually believes that she's immune to illness at this point. And we just had a quick conversation even before hitting record again. Like, I wonder like how strongly you would need to believe that in order to not actually get ill. And are there exceptions? And this is the thing. It's so hard to actually measure that. There is no way to measure that. And so you have to literally use your own life as an experiment. Mm. So we hope that this this episode sends you on a journey of practicing with your own energy, practicing with your own thoughts and relating to both you and other people who deal with pain in a different way. Yes. We'll see you on the other side. Spiralers, we are in for such a treat. Sam and I are so excited to talk to our guest. Um, We have both been watching her videos for years now, and we have so many questions. Um, Her name is Dr. Kim. She is somebody that teaches a lot about the mind-body-heart connection. She actually is a physician, but also talks about everything in the lens of spirituality and our connection to source. And so, Kim, I would just love for you to start by saying hello and introducing yourself, and we can start with our first question. We're so excited to have you. Hi, Kim. Thank you. I'm so glad for the warm reception. I'm really excited to meet you guys. Um, Yeah, so I've been a physician, but um, really before that was aware of the mind-body connection and aware that the consciousness connection, that our consciousness is actually impacting everything. You know, the observer effects that we see in quantum physics that as we focus and have intention, it, it has an actual electromagnetic impact on the physical material world. We're not separate from that which we are looking at. Mm. We're not um, divided. And so we actually have an impact by how we're seeing something or what we're intending for something or how we think or what we believe. And it will create the circumstances that show up in our lives. And so, yeah, this is really important for our body and the world of medicine to incorporate this because we've been sort of in the no man's land of trying to fight disease and combat cancer. And like, we're getting absolutely nowhere. And there are so many people just starving for a real solution of of how do we really heal? So that's what I've Yes. I love everything that you teach. And one of the things that we always say here on this podcast is that pain is never without purpose. And I would love for you to share your story because 
you actually had a diagnosis, um, which you, I, I would love for you to share how you responded to that and basically what happened from that. And I've heard you share about being in the ER room, knowing that you had a different maybe purpose and, and just sharing about your journey from that into what you're doing now. Yeah, just give us a little um, intro about you and how you got to do the work that you're doing now. So um, when I was really young, I had a powerful awakening experience and began to experience my connection with everything around me and how when I would think about something, it was changing what was happening. I could hear people's thoughts. I could know what was going to happen before it happened. It was really profound. It was it was really a lot to integrate. Um, and I knew that this was uh, part of my purpose was to share about the body and how we're seeing disease is really just such the tip of the iceberg and to bring this new perspective to understanding how we could heal disease and how we could allow the body to release those patterns of illness. And so in medical school, I developed this really strange illness and there were all kinds of diagnoses. So, you know, I was ultimately diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, but along the way, it was um, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, they wondered if it was Lyme disease and, you know, mm. there weren't a lot of good answers. And then I ended up in the allergist office and they injected everything up and down my skin and I was inflamed like to everything. Yeah. And he just said, here's what you've got and here's what you need to do. And we've got this all buttoned up. And my life was essentially over. I would never run again. I was going to have to tightly control my living environment and you know, no rugs or curtains and cleaning solutions. And, and I was completely devastated because as a third year medical student, you're living in the hospitals, you have yeah. zero control mm. over your living environment, let alone, you know, like anything, your, your sleep, your diet is, you can't be in that tight a control and, and be fluid with this part of your life. Mm -hmm. So I was completely devastated, but then realized, wait a minute, this is not my truth. This is not what's actually happening. My body, what didn't used to be inflamed to all these allergens and what would it take to get out of that state of inflammation? And so I had tried to heal myself. I had learned for de for years and years at that time about mind-body medicine, but everything I was doing to try to heal myself actually just made me worse. Mm -hmm. And that was because, you know, you, what you focus on expands. Mm -hmm. So what I had been doing was, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I was so victimized by this and so scared. And so really that day when I had the diagnosis was when it all sunk in and it went from like understanding this stuff to living this truth. Mm. And that was a new conversation with my body, uh, a new level of receptivity to let in my experience rather than trying to block it out and make it go away. And it, it would have been really scary because you don't want to let in the pain and you want to let in the fatigue. Mm. But I, I had begun to understand this. I'd begun to trust this, you know, trust what I learned. And, and it was a very, very quick uh, shift when my body healed itself and then no more disease and no more pain and no more chronic fatigue syndrome and all of those things. Um, 
were rebalanced in my body so my body could heal. Mm. Wow. And so that was through, I guess what it sounds like to me is there was an energetic acceptance to what was happening. And I find that really interesting because that is obviously the crux of our work together, Gina and I help people work through resistance, resistance to emotions. Um, yes, resistance to physical pain as well. And so I'm so interested in this because I feel that since, since like my series of awakenings, I can see that Western medicine is literally sitting within this very limited paradigm. I'm like, we can't fix the problem looking through this limited lens. We need to, mm-hmm. we need to expand. But how do, we, how do we begin to help people who are still in that lens? I find that there are people who are identified and victimized by chronic pain. And me being someone who wants to help them use a resource or perspective that's not within that paradigm feels actually very threatening. I find that people who are dealing with chronic pain are like, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know how bad it is. I'm suffering. I've talked to every doctor. I've had every allergy test. How do we begin to open up these people's minds to, like you said before we started recording, actually a higher frequency and consciousness? It's going to work in tandem with the tools and practices that medicine has introduced us to. How can we begin to, yeah, help them heal? Because despite the fact that they're going to see medical doctors, physicians doing all the things, they're still in pain. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can give someone is what they're already ready to receive. Mm. They're already willing to receive. And so someone who's in a lot of resistance um, may just be able to receive your compassion. And that's a really powerful thing, right? Mm-hmm. The power of your presence is the greatest gift you can give them. So are you showing up in the presence of impatience that they're not more open and receptive? Mm. Or are you showing up in total compassion that they are as closed as they are? And that's what I found to really be the major medicine in my work as a doctor is, can I show up in compassion even if they're married to their diagnosis, even if they're totally bought Mm. into this idea? Can I still show up open? Because I know that our energy field impacts the energy field of the other person. And what I found Mm. when I've done that is, they, they'll actually receive, sometimes there's a lot of tears, like, oh my God, no one's ever really gotten it. No one's ever really been able to hear me. And like they cry or, or there's some release mm-hmm. of that tension. And then they're like exponentially more open. Like, you know what? What do you have for me? Well, I really am ready to let this go. And now they're at a whole new level of receptivity. Mm. Yeah. I love that you said that because it is true. Like, am I showing up with the energy of like, listen, I, I have something that's going to really help you. Like, don't worry. Like, listen to me or wow, that... That is really, really painful. And, yeah. not your and then you're one more abuser. You're one more abuser to that person mm-hmm. who's like, I don't have space to receive you. This is very inconvenient for me to really hear your pain. Mm-hmm. That, and that's the whole problem. That's the whole disease. It's like, there's not space for the energy to move. <sighs> wow. But I find that people also with the chronic pain do that to themselves. It's like, they're not even receptive to the energy that's present yeah. within, the, within them. They're, they're saying no to that. They don't have space for that. And so I would- Which is why it's hard to show up to that person in compassion is because they're already carrying the energy field yes. of I'm effed. Mm. <laughs> and so then you could just unconsciously go into it. You have to be really, really conscious presence to show up as a healing presence for this other person. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. I've actually never- I've never thought of that because I, I want to be honest and say that when people are chronic, not even an actual chronic physical illness, but just chronically dealing with something over and over, what I do sense from them is that they're sick of themselves for dealing with that. And so mm-hmm. then that energy gets activated with me and I'm like, okay, well then let's do something about it. Like here, like here are some tools. You watch these videos and it doesn't stick. It just bounces off and then we're both frustrated. And then it mm. feels like it's making the problem bigger. 
Right. Yes, because you haven't met what really needs to be met, which is the compassion for what is. You can't change what is until you really bring light to what is. Mm, Oh my gosh. This is like bringing so much. This is such a personal thing for me. My husband uh, deals with chronic back pain, chronic. And it tends to get triggered by stress. And, you know, he's definitely in a point now where he knows that when he experiences anxiety or anticipation for the pain, right? Like if we're going to go on a trip, then there tends to be an increase of anxiety of, oh my gosh, I hope my back doesn't go out before the trip, which then often creates tension in his back, which makes his back hurt. And then we're on the trip and then it's like, oh my gosh, I hope it doesn't hurt worse. Or what if the whole trip is like this? And Or even like I knew it was going to happen. Yes. Kind of like that. And I think he definitely likes to be in uh, preparation for things. Like that's how I think he can justify this in his mind. Totally. That's what it's about. It's all about control. And the back is cinching, (sighs) you know, because I'm not supported by the universe. I've got to be in control. I've got to be in the seat. And then the tension comes into that space Mm. and we're holding ourselves together. We're not open. We're not receptive when we're not sourced. So that's, that's exacerbating. We're holding ourselves together. Yes. That's the tension in the back. I need to hold it all together. It's actually just I mean, a symptom of non-trust. It is. Wow. It's, and I think, again, like he really wants to release the anxiety. He wants to release the thoughts around, you know, he's doing a lot of good thought work around that. But I think it's it's hard because, again, as Sam said, when somebody is experiencing so much pain, it's... I don't know, maybe I'm not uh, approaching him with enough compassion and maybe that is just really what he needs. But for somebody who is experiencing that and they're kind of stuck in that pattern of thinking like they're so worried to trust because what if I trust and the pain gets worse? What would you suggest for them to kind of start maybe to titrate that experience to falling into trust and surrender? It's sort of the wrong idea about trust because we think trust means... um, like, I'm not going to take care of myself around this. Right. Oh, mm. screw it. I'm just going to trust and I'm not going to, you know, do the obvious things that I know are supportive. Mm. And in fact, when we let go of control, we have way more energy to do the things that are supportive. Mm. We have way more clarity about what those things actually are. And so it's, it's never a risk to surrender and to trust the life force that created us to take care of us more fully. Mm. So whenever we let go, more life force comes in, more oxygen comes in, more breath comes in. And that can only give us more insight and clarity, more um, ability to take action and more courage to do those particular things. So Mm. I think sometimes it's like a misunderstanding. And like, even before when you said acceptance, people think acceptance means, okay, well, I just accept I have this thing and it'll never be better. Yeah, And that's not what surrender is. Surrender, which is letting go of control, which small self controlling, I'm going to heal my disease. It's a total illusion. The small self, uh, I am self is never going to heal your disease, Mm. but we can just let go. So more life force can come in and the life force can heal disease. So it, it's such a, in the mind, it, it gets a little clustery, but it, if you yeah. let it just be really easy, mm. soften your body, have a more full breath, that creates the brain changes that then has a C like, oh, wait a minute. What if I do this? Mm. I think um, I think that's so paradoxical to people who are identified with any type of illness or pain, right? Because You're right. It feels like when someone tells them to surrender and accept and release and trust, it sounds to them like (laughs) you're telling me not to take care of myself. That doesn't make any sense to me. 
How can yeah, I? Yeah, and it's go? also like f you. You yeah. know what the heck you're talking about? You can't. It's because it's so not a compassionate place to think. Oh, I'm going to tell you what to do. I know better than you. And then you're not really honoring the wisdom in their system because there's a reason they shut down and there's a reason they clamped down intention and control. And they that if we don't meet that reason and like resolve that, which is a space of compassion for like something really traumatic maybe they went through or a space of compassion for where they really do feel so afraid mm. that they're not taken care of or a space of compassion for like, y- you have no idea what I'm really going through. Like you can't even begin to imagine. So shut up, you know? And it's true. Like there's real suffering in there. Yeah. And you can't just like put ice cream on top of poop and say, oh no, just be positive or just let go. It's like, you're just going to ignite more fury because nothing has really been met. They haven't really, you have to receive it before you can make a change. Mm. And, 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 you know, this is like, so when we talk about acceptance of the illness and that's what let it change, it was receiving the illness, receiving the experience, stop fighting and let it in. And when I let it in, I realized, oh, this is actually serving me. This is just showing me where I've been in fight or flight. This is showing me where I've been in fear of failure and I'm holding myself and like trying to go through life and overcome and that's not serving me. So when I finally like received what the illness had for me, it resolved so quickly. Like I just stopped resisting it. And that was mm. a, a great act of courage. A hundred percent. I think that's the greatest act of courage ever actually to look at your situation and believe the perspective that it's happening for your greater good because this actually challenges the victim personality type. And I actually was really resonating with some of your recent work and content that you released about these particular personality types that keeps us trapped in the paradigm of pain and resistance. I was hoping you could actually expound a little bit on those personality types, what they look like, what their characteristics are like, and um, how we can overcome them. Because I tell people in spirituality spaces all the time that what we're looking for here is awareness over identification. What we are identified with, we cannot change. And so, yes, I would love for you to go into these personality types, like the victim and the this always happens to me. I think it'll be really helpful for people dealing with pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing we've got to do is realize like this can live in all of us and not be above it, not make it wrong, not like shame ourselves for falling into victim because it's like such a, especially when you're trying to heal from a disease and you're like, screw you. You're telling me I'm a victim. You don't understand my pain. I've tried so hard. I'm not, you know, I am trying. But this is, um, it's like letting in a level of insight that maybe is hard to let in. And so what I saw in working in the medical clinics when I was dealing with people with chronic pain and chronic illness and um, more of those long-term, like the wastebasket diagnoses that no other doctors knew how Mm -hmm. to deal with. And those are my favorite sort of situation because I do know how to approach that and actually allow healing. So... um, what I saw though was um, these three main ways of being with our experience and that that's what actually kept the pattern in place. Mm -hmm. And the first one, and I was in all three of them, right? (laughs) There was battling my body. I'm not going to let this down. I'm going to overcome the fatigue. I'm going to fight my way through this. And part of it was like the whole being positive thing, which is not what I would subscribe to. (laughs) 
don't do that because that's just suppression. And so like, I've got to fight this. But what it did for me was it kept me inflamed and it kept me in that perpetual like fight or flight state, which is what inflames the whole nervous system and immune system. And mm-hmm. everything was like, ah! And so my physiology reflected that, right? Autoimmune, you're fighting yourself. Wow. Mm. wow. The second pattern that I saw is this, what I call primal fear, where it's like the, if that's the fight, then this is the flight. I'm going to like escape and avoid. I don't want to have this experience. So let me like outrun the tiger. Mm. Um, let me get smarter and learn more. And okay, I got this. Okay. Tell me what to do. Okay. I got the tool. And so now it's like, mm, trying to heal myself, but I'm doing it from fear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the dragon's about, about to get me. <laughs> and so you're putting your energy into the healing, but you're putting your energy into the dragon. Yes. So you're feeding both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third pattern I saw people in was I call perpetual victim. Mm. So perpetual victim. It, so that's fight and then flight. This is freeze. Mm. And we're in this like <laughs> pulling it together, but like life's not to get me. I'm not safe. All of these patterns are, they're triggered mm. in our nervous system from like real situations we've been in. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a memory and it's an autopilot. And so in freeze, we're suppressing. I'm okay. I'm, it's good. And we like, just everything is, we got to hold it together because I'm not safe. So I can't like open myself up and be soft and let life in. It's going to hurt me. It's going to harm me. I'm not going to get what I need. I'm not taken care of. I'm not safe. Um, and usually it's like a mix of these three, but yeah. you might see one in yourself. So for a perpetual victim, it's like, oh my God, not again. This happened to me. Oh, just when I thought things were getting better, sure enough, blah, blah, blah happens. Everything's mm. happening to me and it's all like not on my side. Like life is not on my side. How can I let in the fatigue? That's clearly a bad idea. It will eat me alive and I'll just be a couch potato for the rest of my life. I'll never accomplish anything. So, but it's a lie, right? Our nature is not that. Mm. So as soon as we come out of the pattern, we stop creating that and our body stops reflecting that and our body can return to its natural rhythm and natural state, which comes back to harmony. And that's what allows health. Hey, Spiralers, we found something that we could not wait to tell you about. We have got for you some spiritual tea. Actually, it's not tea at all, but (laughs) it is our new favorite meditation app, Superhuman. We are literally obsessed with this. I love it because unlike other meditation apps we've used before, it has meditations you can do as you go about your day, not just when you're sitting or lying down. My favorite are the getting ready ones that are about 20 minutes long with affirmations that you can listen to as you start your morning or the midday pep talks, which are only two or three minutes long. And they even have specific tracks for moms. Yeah, there's so many options. And I really like how these meditations are aimed at helping you tap into the emotions of what you want to attract. Mm -hmm. They're accompanied with really moving motivational musical tracks and they're just not boring. They don't just ask you to sit there and try to clear your mind. Instead, I feel like I'm in my own music video and I'm tuning into the frequency of my future self. Yeah, I actually feel like I'm in my own movie when I'm listening to them. I know, me too. Especially when I'm doing the walking ones. There's like Mm -hmm. specific walking ones where... Mimi's voice, who actually voices all of the tracks, 
She's like, and as you walk into your future, <laughs> I literally feel like I'm commanding this energy. And that's the entire point of the meditation is to really tune into a higher frequency. And so with our code, you can try the Superhuman app with one free month in addition to their trial offer of two complimentary weeks. That's six entire free weeks to tune into the frequency of your highest timeline. It's so abundant. We want you to try it for yourself and let us know what you think because you have absolutely nothing to lose and you can redeem your free six weeks of the Superhuman app now by clicking the link in our show notes and using the code SPIRALINGHIGHER with no spaces. We know you're going to love this one and we feel confident that your vibrations are going to spiral higher. Yeah. Well, what's so interesting is the people who are really against my content, because I think anyone who creates content, they have someone in the comments being like, this isn't right. And this is like shame, <laughs> shaming and whatever. When I say things like your, your patterns and your stories and perspectives create your reality, um, that could really trigger someone who's experiencing a painful reality. Because yeah. what it sounds like I'm saying is like, this is your fault. Yes. Right? And yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. how do we begin to unburden the shame of chronic pain and illness because obviously what we create for ourselves, it's not that we're choosing it on purpose. And that's usually what I remind yeah. people who are open to a new perspective. Like you didn't, you're not choosing to do it. It's, it's un, it's invisible to you. It's unconscious to you. And so this pain is actually bringing your attention to it. But I would love to know how you speak to people. Cause I feel like people really relate to you because you've been through the chronic illness journey. Yeah. This is really important. Um, several years back, I was asked to speak um, on the World Tapping Summit about chronic fatigue syndrome. And we'd done, I don't know, maybe eight years by then. And I always, always show up for like, whatever you want me to speak on, I'm I'm up for it. And then she asked me for this and I was like, oh boy, this is going to be a big deal because I had taken videos down where I ever had mm -hmm. chronic fatigue in the title because there was so much hate mail. And we we found the same thing like, the only hate mail I got like on YouTube videos were around that topic. Mm. And I started looking at like, why is that? And I thought, what would it take for me to embody the level of compassion needed to truly show up for that person? Because it's a reflection of something in me I'm unconscious of. Am I being cavalier? Am I being superior? Am I being, oh, I have the answer. Don't You don't know. Like even, even 2%, like obviously not consciously yeah. and obviously not a lot. You know, it's like this little sneaky thing, but if you're someone on the other side, you sniff it out. You're like, I'm calling BS that, that, you know, you, you, you're holding something, you can feel it. And so it's like, what if I receive these comments instead of reject them? Mm. And I just get curious, is there a little space in me where I'm still resisting this? And I could be more in compassion of myself and of how real this is and how real the suffering is and how helpless and hopeless we really do feel in those spaces. And um, the fascinating thing was, so we had, I don't know, maybe like a couple months, a period of time between when she asked me to do the topic and when we actually uh, were recording. And during that time, I kept knowing like, believe in yourself, go deeper, let go of whatever you're holding, known and unknown mm -hmm. that could ever be off-putting and, and not be a loving space because this is so important to you. And I wanted to be able to speak on this. And through that time, like I was kind of almost there. And then we went to film and I was like, I still feel really uncertain. And she had to cancel. And then it was like a week later and the technology wasn't working and we had to reschedule. And it, it actually, each time I was like, 
I know what's happening. Mm. And it gave me the time to like really integrate a level of depth of presence in myself where I could show up and be a space that could be really healing for like, anyone who has really struggled with this. And I know I'm a different person right through that process for myself. And when we finally did the recording, this was a few years back, I felt such a powerful, like literally shifting consciousness for the whole planet wow. because of what we shared in that session. And it was done. I'm like, this is a key. Like we have really unlocked something. And so then uh, when it got broadcast, it, it did actually go incredibly well. I didn't have a single piece of hate mail. <laughs> there was so much gratitude. I feel so seen. That's mm. what has to happen is like, I feel so seen. I can't let it go before it gets seen. It's there to wow. hold a place marker for where we're not in compassion with ourselves, where we're being cavalier, where we're going to be positive, but we're actually still in freaking suppression and then we're not seeing it. So that person who's bringing it up, you always want to get curious of like, what am I missing? Mm. And from that, we created the mind-body solution for chronic fatigue and brain fog, which has been a massive, massive success as a downloadable program that people could go through that work and experience that for themselves mm. and literally heal chronic fatigue syndrome. Wow. I learned a lot from what you just shared. Um, and I think my follow-up question to that is how can somebody you know, see themselves in their pain without collapsing into it. Because I feel like there is such a fine line between, okay, yes, I'm in pain. This is real. I want to acknowledge that. I want to be seen. But sometimes the bigness of that can make you kind of almost shrink right back. And so, yeah, what would you say to somebody asking that? You, you always have to hold a container of being that's bigger than that space of the pain. Mm. So compassion, yet again, appreciation. Oh my gosh, I freaking see how huge this is. I appreciate how intense this has really been and overwhelming this has been. So now who I'm being is, is a bigger space for this one who's hurting so much. Mm. So can I see all of it? Can I welcome all of it? Not if I'm being the small self, but yes, I've got to begin to look at um, could I be more in allowance of what's happening, right? That's already less resistance. Yeah. Could I be more willing to receive if there is some gift in this for me? That's a step of expansion. Could I be more in compassion for where this has just been carried by my system and maybe I am fighting or doing something, but that's the only way I knew and not make it wrong and not make myself wrong. Mm. That's a step of expansion. So the, the only way that you can let those big energies move through is when you choose to be a greater space of love for what's happening in you. Mm -hmm. mm. And I think um, what's so interesting that, about chronic pain and the way that you've weaved it with spirituality is that I really feel like chronic pain is asking us to love more because what's interesting about people with chronic pain is they always hate their body. It's like, yeah. I hate my body. It's fighting me. It's ter so terrible to me. I can't believe... And there's a lot of rhetoric around how the body is like failing you and fighting yeah. you. Yeah. And I think, although I haven't dealt with it and so I feel ill to speak on it, but... I really feel that what the chronic pain is asking you or what maybe perspective you could bring to it, and I would love for you to share yours, but what I believe is that your body's actually never trying to be bad to you. It, it's actually only reflecting what's out of alignment, right? Um, but how can, but people cannot receive that fully, right? With Like you said, without us first seeing them in their pain and bringing compassion to their pain because 
if you've believed for so long that your body is against you and you've maybe become identified with that, like the battling the body uh, archetype or um, this always happens to me or the victim, it feels like you're almost losing a part of yourself. I, I feel like ego, uh, you have to experience an ego death too with chronic pain. I would love for you to chat about that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And what you resist persists. So mm -hmm. it's like, I'm trying to get rid of this part of me, but I'm in resistance to it. So it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> um, it's it, it, when we are willing to let the sensation in, because pain is, this is really just sensation. And uh, you know, get curious about it. What is this? Huh? I wonder if this was just energy that's ready to move, what might it need? Mm. And so I for, found for myself when I softened those parts of my body, the energy would move sometimes instantaneously. Mm. But what would it take for me to be willing to soften those parts of my body? Wow, I'd have to cultivate some serious courage. Like, I don't want this. I could let this in and soften and the pain is a hundred times more and, and I'm just destroyed forever. So you've got to acknowledge your own fear. You've got to acknowledge your own grief because sometimes the experience of pain and illness, we've, oh my God, I lost loved ones or I lost friends or I can't do this activity or... Um, so there's like a lot of grief, fear and loss. And so to open or even think about opening to it. You're like, are you freaking crazy? I'm yeah. barely holding it together. And so it's only when we're ready. Yeah. And so to be curious, and for me, that's just the space of like, oh, wait a minute. What really is this? If this isn't something I need to fight and control, what might be happening here? Mm. That alone is an expansive space. And that alone could be a space I could let my body soften a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing is, uh, can I surrender this? If there's life force that created me and knows how to handle this, could I just let it do that? Mm. And of course, to do that, you got to take your hands off the steering wheel. You're like white knuckling it through this pain experience. You'd have to, you have to kind of loosen up a little on that. And that includes softening the body mm. and just be curious. Like, cause the first 10 seconds, it may very well intensify and you just kind of go, all right, what is a need? What needs to happen here? And you nurture your body instead of fight your body. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm telling you as a practitioner, like you, I had to get over all my own thoughts about this Yeah, because you learn about it. You're like, oh yeah, I'm going to help you. But you're not actually an embodiment of that compassion. You're not an embodiment of the courage it takes to open that big to something so effing scary. Mm. So then you're just a talking head. You're, you're not useful to anybody. Mm. So my journey, if I, if I want to be of value to someone with their healing, I have to show up to my experience and my pain. Mm. And so like you have your husband or you have whoever you work with and you, you got to go back to like, what am I experiencing right now? Oh, I feel really wound up that they're not letting this in. Mm. Oh, I feel really frustrated that he's still saying that thing that he always says. Oh, I feel really scared. He's never going to let this go and our marriage will not be great. So you got to go back to yourself. Where's my pain? It's like, yeah, yeah. You're going to give me therapy for my pain. Go and be your own pain. <laughs> so I always like bring it back to like, how can I be more presence of 
light mm. and less talking head, which is just BS, mm. and actually a presence because it's your presence that brings the healing. Oh, that was so important for me to hear and just be reminded of because, you know, even with a parent child, um, you know, if my daughter's having an uh, upset moment, like I always tell myself, I can't meet her down there at that frequency, right? Because then we're yeah, both because you're be too scared. Yeah, you're too scared. It's not true. Yes, and so with you, my... you freaking can meet her. You meet her mm. with love. Yes, yes. Instead of also collapsing into this tantrum, but I think with my with my husband or anybody like my mother in law, actually, she passed away last year. She had multiple sclerosis, and same thing with her. She was dealing with a lot of chronic pain for over twenty years, and so as you said, when we're meeting with her it looks like compassion because we're like, we want to be here for you and help you. But really what's behind that is, can you stop doing what you're doing? Can you stop yeah. thinking the yeah. way that you're thinking? Can you look at the way that I'm I'm doing these things yeah. or the way that I'm so feeling? So I'm not so scared. Yeah. So I'm not so uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'm not so afraid. So I'm not so, you know, inconvenienced by it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, there's nothing like a kid to call you into your BS where they're, they're going to smell it a million miles away. Like, yep. nope, that's not, that's not unconditional presence, mom. Then you're not. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yes. I actually have a question, um, that I've always wondered. And since you are a physician and you're the perfect person to ask this, do you see in your practice, you know, certain types of anxiety or certain types of thoughts that lead to specific types of ailments or illnesses in the body? Yeah. It, it's not as important to break it down and understand that because mm. sometimes we like it for an academic exercise yeah. as it is we love it as it is no. <laughs> um as it is to sort of like look at um what might i be holding and then like i be able to identify uh, what i'm holding in myself so when i saw like the battling your body which is like i'm not gonna let this get me down i'm gonna overcome this um and you're a great host for lyme disease that is just Lyme is gonna thrive on you. It's like great. Let me challenge you more because you're just gonna keep pushing. Wow. And so it's always about your physiology. Is that a pathogen gonna thrive in your particular chemistry and physiology and neurotransmitter and whatever, wow. or is it not? And and then the perpetual victim, like you're a great host for Canada. I just can't get this, mm. you know, this get yeast in Canada and like you're doing the diet and you're starving it of the sugar, but your system is like all in this victimy host energy and it's just going to keep growing. So there's certain things I've definitely seen, um, but it's not all that hard and fast. And like I said, it's not like you just fall into one category. Yeah. But I think that the usefulness yeah. in it is seeing like, oh, when I harbor the idea, I'm not safe or <gasps> overwhelmed, I got outrun the dragon, which was huge for me. Um, I am cultivating an inner chemistry and physiology that makes my body break down in these specific ways. Mm. And so, yeah, well, Lyme disease is caused by a spirochete, so it's not caused by my state of being. Yeah, okay, but your state of being is either going to make it really like juicy for that pathogen. Right, yeah. Yeah, or your state of being has it that your immune system is like, Ooh, power system, nothing bad can exist here, and you clear an infection. Mm. It's not the antibiotics that clear an infection. The antibiotics help it that your immune system can now do its job. So right. even if you go on the best antibiotics in the world, if your immune system is not 
functioning at a certain level, you're still going to have all these mm. pathogens and infections. Right. Yeah. And, and because you're a physician, I would love to confirm this with you, but my understanding of viruses as well is that you, your body or state of being would need to be at a certain frequency in order to even manifest the virus despite having come into contact with it, which is why there's a ton of people who can be in the same room. And then a week later, let's say only a small percentage of people walk away with the actual disease manifesting as physical symptoms. And I find that people don't understand this. Is this not common knowledge to Western medicine? I'm just, I'm just curious. It's not. <laughs> in Western medicine, even in, in when you learn in medical school, you're learning like this is this is this. <laughs> you're not learning how it's yeah. affected by other things, how the gut affects the immune system, how the brain functioning affects the immune system. And so, yeah, it's, it's completely left out of the curriculum, but you have to look at, well, who created the curriculum? Mm. Why would they leave out something so important that's so obviously and well-established in research for decades of time? Huh, head scratcher. Why would they not want to incorporate that? So once you start to see the, the big picture, it all makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you've got to start to explore for yourself, right? Because you know you have your best interest at heart. Um, It's an assumption that the system has your individual best interest at heart. You know, that's a big assumption. And I don't think a lot of people were willing to question that until more recently. Like, wait a minute, certainly these systems are out for my individual best benefit, right? (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. So um, yes, I I found in uh, medical school, actually had this experience where I got really, really, really sick, like a like kind of a virusy illness. And as soon as I started looking at oh what's happening, how did I get so sick? I immediately recalled the day before, and this patient coughed at me while I was listening to his chest, like I right over his mouth. And it was a patient in the rehab unit who they're just like very stagnant. A lot of they're like a petri dish for all kinds of infections to to culture. And he coughed at me. And what I realized was when that happened, here I am listening to his chest, leaning over him. I thought to myself, oh no, this is going to be bad. And the sound of the wet cough and the moment really registered like, oh, this is a bad thing. Mm. And so like giving a lot of power to this infectious process. So now here I am super sick. And I realized, um, no, I'm going to take my power back from that. I'm going to let go of that fear. And I'm going to let go of whatever belief is in there that says I'm susceptible. And I got better really quickly. And I never, ever got sick again That like that. I, I, I said to myself, um, my system is strong. And I am impervious. And I am healthy no matter who I come in contact with. Mm-hmm. And I remember I for years too. and years... People would say, yeah, and and that doesn't have any power if you haven't cultivated your own interconnection. Right. It's like just putting ice cream on top of poop. Yeah. I'm powerful, I'm powerful, I'm powerful. But your energy is all going into the fear programming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's okay, it's okay. It, it doesn't have any power in your physiology. Yeah. And so I cultivated a lot of power. You know, I'd healed from that illness in medical school and I could make that command and let my physiology align with that. And, you know, for years of people would be like, oh, no, no, don't hug me. I'm sick. And um, I would just say, no, it's okay. I'm immune. And I knew it was true. And I always felt the certainty of like, it is true. You can feel the difference 
of I'm just saying it, but while I'm aware it's it's not quite there. And you just look at like, well, mm. what else do I need to let go of? What else do I need to remember? So you can you can establish that, but that was something very, very important is to remember that your power is exponentially beyond any disease, pathogen, virus that we've ever encountered. Yeah, it's almost like the visual that I'm getting in my mind is like a literal house. And like, what kind of host are you being to these illnesses and viruses, right? And if you're saying, welcome, welcome, I believe you can stay in my home. It's like, they'll just make themselves comfy in there, right? But if you're like, hey, I'm closed for business, this door is locked, then it's like, it doesn't have a place to kind of root into. And so um, that just kind of helped me visualize um, what we're often doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the fear that has us be welcoming, like, oh no. And yeah. and you can realize, like, wait a minute, if you have the power, why are you afraid? Right. So if you're ever afraid, it's because you've given away your power. Yes. And I would I would love to speak to you about this, but I have a pretty radical belief that I'm actually seeing supported by more and more people as the collective consciousness rises. But I actually believe we only have one disease, and that's fear. And every single other thing that we call a disease is just a manifestation of symptoms of that disease. And those mm-hmm. are going to be unique based on your physiology. But these things that we call diseases like Lyme and even cancer, I'm like, these aren't specific things that we can treat. I mean, yes, there are certain solutions that have made this work. Um, and there's studies that show it. But when I speak like this, people think I'm literally insane. And I'm like, no, we only <laughs> Of course have, they do. We only, of course because, they do. Because of course they do. Because if this was the truth, then why would we need, why would we need pharmaceuticals? And why would we need everything? a billion dollar system? Yeah. <laughs> we'll collapse. Right. And yeah, because you, yeah. you are a physician and what's so interesting is my dad was a physician his whole life and he just recently retired. And what's so interesting is that he realized that he's doing more good right now working in poor communities in his local town. He's like, this is how I help people not become sick. I empower them. Mm. I give them courage. I give them education. He's like, this is how I keep people from actually being in the hospital because it's when they feel afraid. It's when they don't believe in their potential that things manifest. And yeah. I just it's, it weakens it's a, their whole system. It's a paradigm shift, and so I'm I'm curious to hear from you to speak a little bit more on that. And how how can we begin to open people's minds to this? Because I feel a little bit guarded about saying these things because I'm I'm not a physician, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not a pharmacist. Um, I'm just a regular person who has pretty robust health. So it seems to people who hear me are like, you're just a healthy person. Like you're just you're just lucky. Yeah. Like, how can you say that when so yeah. many people are suffering? Um, but I feel truly that one of my greatest gifts is that I'm not afraid of many things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the way we can assist others, you can't open anybody. You can only hold the space to um, contribute what they're ready to receive. Yeah. But you can remember that life is opening everyone. Life is giving us all the hardship challenge that is going to reflect where we've closed down mm-hmm. and 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 give us an invitation to open and receive something we don't already understand right because sometimes people are afraid it's like i'm a skeptic so they have this layer of protection they call skepticism that just keeps them in the i'm safe because i already understand how the world works limiting as it may be, it's almost like a superiority thing. Like, well, yeah, I'm not one of those gullible people. I'm a skeptic. And we're really just protecting ourselves from our fear, right? We fear what we don't already understand. Yeah. So it's the illusion of control. So I think the greatest thing that, that we can do is um, remember that the world is a reflection of what's in me. And if in my world, people are showing up resistant 
what could open in me where I'm more bought into this truth, mm-hmm. <laughs> where I'm more standing in the completeness and certainty and the inevitability of my own power. And mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter. So then it won't trigger me. And if I'm not triggered, I can be open in the space of those who are closed. And so if you're open, you can feel, oh, is this person ready to hear something? Maybe they are. And you communicate, or yeah, no, this person isn't in that place. So I'm going to respect them. Mm. It's not, it's not a, a gift to give someone something they're not ready to receive. And so then you now live in a world where you're not a victim to like, oh, all these closed people and I can't share my truth. It's you're way more in a union of, um, can, how can I be of service? Mm. Because every single moment of every single day, more people are becoming ready because life is kicking us all in the mm-hmm. butt where we're closed. Yeah. And so you can be more patient and you can be more, because it's really, it's not just the fear that is the big one disease. It's fear slash separation. Mm. So if you see that person as separate from yourself, that's the big delusion. That's yeah. the big fight. That's the big disease that we're all suffering from is where do I see them as separate from me? And so I have to protect myself from them. I can't just go and share my truth. People will attack me. And it's like, that's your BS victimhood. You know, mm. you can be aware of who's ready and who's not, and you can share whatever feels right. And, mm. and, and you are inspired to share. And so now you're spirit sharing from service and inspiration instead of sharing from an agenda. Mm. Ooh, that was so good. Yeah. And I think that something that you often talk about is like little bit by little bit, you know, and we talk often about these baby steps and baby steps, by the way, are, are massive, right? Which we also wow. talk about like a baby taking their first step is huge. And so, you know, for anyone listening, including my husband, who I'm going to make listen to this episode, um, or welcome him to with compassion and love. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, just the, yeah. yes, with compassion, you know, but encouraging him and anyone else who's listening that you don't have to just completely let go of your beliefs and let go of your fear. You don't have to jump into that because that too can feel incredibly unsafe for you. But what can you start opening up to that can feel a little bit safe, even if it's 1% better? And I can say that my husband has definitely been making those steps towards that, but I think it can come with frustration that it's not like happening faster, which is just the fear revving up again. Um, So just reminding everyone listening that yeah, you can take this at a pace that feels safe for you. And that will give you that courage to open up a little bit more. And then that will give you more courage to open up more. So I love how you speak on that a lot. That's a good point. If, if it doesn't seem to be happening fast enough, let go a little more. Yeah. And the more you let go, the more like the life force comes in. And I've, I've found that to be true. It doesn't have to be a slow process. Mm. And if I let go, I I immediately am not in the urgency of impatience. Mm -hmm. I'm in the, the, the more patience or just more receptivity. And that actually accelerates everything. Yeah. A hundred percent. Wow. I mean, this is all of this conversation has been so healing for us. And I think has really contributed to this growing idea and understanding within the world that we do heal inside out. Mm-hmm. And I find that especially the Western world, we're so obsessed with outside in. It's like, let me take a pill. Um, let me make more money. It's like we keep trying to band-aid everything that we're we We're completely feel. convinced of our victimhood. And yeah. that's what it is, is. If I'm completely convinced of my victimhood, that's the only perspective I would let in. Mm. Yes, 100%. And a lot of my awakening has brought me to the fact that literally economies exist because people are insecure and scared. 
It's like, how do you get someone to buy something? You make them scared of what's going to happen if they don't have it. You make, you make them scared of what they're going to think about themselves and what it means if they don't have it. And so yeah. for me, breaking the illusion of scarcity and embodying abundance more and more and more, I'm like, how could I ever need anything outside? It, make, it, it, it doesn't even compute anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's such a gift that I've been able to do so much of this work because Gina and I have talked a lot about this, but like, I just have such a deep, it's like with you hugging someone who says they're sick and you're like, I'm immune. You genuinely in your body believe that. For me, I genuinely in my body believe that money is nothing. I'm like, I just use that as a tool and it's a reflection of energy. I actually don't think it gives me anything. And so it's just, how do we begin to, yes, I know with compassion, but what are some, what are, what are some tools and, and suggestions that you would offer to people who are still believing in the victimhood and needing something outside to cure how they feel on the inside, whether it be money. Uh, yeah. Attraction. Are you ready? You have to look at, am I ready for something more? Mm. Something more being having a better resource, mm. having a more fluid healing path than just take this drug every day that makes you feel bad. Or are you ready to receive more? And you can only expand on what you already have. You can't create something you don't have. So if you're, um, okay, well, I have, I have breath and there's plenty of breath. <laughs> can I just let in that there is a point of ease and that I can easily receive something? Then you just practice into like, well, the breath is pretty fluid and that might not be fluid either. You might be having a lot of coughing like I had a few minutes ago, but you just go into like where it is relatively abundant and flowy and you just let that be in, right? Because what you focus on expands. Mm-hmm. So then in 17 seconds, your brain shifts and says, oh, you know, this other thing is actually pretty flowy as well. I can let that in. I'm grateful for that. I'm going to bring my attention onto that. And so with your husband, like you said, he actually is moving forward and yeah. there is some openness there. that's going to move things a lot more than, oh my God, my husband's so resistant and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, which is what a lot of people do. And that person will keep showing up in the electromagnetics that are getting projected on them, right? For the most part. So you're a creator and you can allow it to be however your heart really desires, Mm -hmm. but you have to first remember that truth. If you don't let that truth in, you're just going to be in the false matrix and a powerless, susceptible victimhood, and you're 100% right. But if you're like, hmm, wonder if it could be a little more fluid, and you get curious, slowly and slowly start letting that in, mm. little by little receiving it, being a better receiver. Yes, little by little. That's the key. Um, we know you have to go soon, though. So we're going to just uh, end off with our final question that we ask all of our guests. Um, so our podcast is, of course, called Spiraling Higher. And the reason why we named that is because we are always spiraling up, but from above, it looks like we're kind of going the same circle over and over. Um, but you know, healing, we often say, is an upward spiral. Um, and so we often ask our guests, you know, what is a common theme or, you know, challenge or something that you've experienced in your life that kind of keeps cycling back to you that you're kind of relearning over and over? Urgency Mm. and fear. Yeah. I was an ER doctor and, um, there's, for me, there'll be that urgency that comes up like, (gasps) and I think, um, well, I know a lot of the reasons why I was inspired to be an ER doctor. We're really to find that core of center 
in the midst of some profound intensity. Wow. And it definitely served me in that. It served me in finding that ability to connect with someone immediately on a profoundly deep level of presence, no matter what was going on. It served me in letting in awareness and, um, you know, in, intelligence, mm-hmm. even when I'm in the middle of a code and something truly emergent. Um, but it also, there was that other side of me that was like, oh, I'm busy. I'm distracted. You never know what you're going to get. I'm not going to get bored and go, go, go. That sort of like um, self-medicated. Yeah. So I didn't have to really sit with that fear because mm. you're always going, going, going. And so I can see now, um, and there have always been more and more layers of that urgency, releasing and more and more layers of fear and more, more grounding and serenity. And the thing that served me the most is to embrace that. Hmm. Maybe that's a lifelong process. I'm in of layer after layer and each shed of layer, it has welcomed massive abundance, increase of, of true wealth and, and vitality into my life. But maybe I just let go of ever needing to get there. And I embrace just using that model over and over and over of, oh, can I surrender even more fear today? Mm. Can I live more in the body instead of ahead of myself as a way to escape the fear and just breathe in the fear and meet the fear and be in the moment I'm in with more presence? Mm. So So beautiful, Dr. Kim. Um, We will continue to be devouring your work and hopefully can co-create with you again sometime in the future. But I think this is going to be truly... (laughs) from the bottom of our hearts, so healing for people, um, you know, inside and out. So thank you for bringing your medicine and your wisdom. And we're so grateful that your pain actually led into your purpose so that you could be here with us healing the collective. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so so much. much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this honest conversation. We hope it brought you peace, clarity, and a little bit further along your spiritual journey. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left us a five-star rating and a review so we can bring you more conscious conversations, spiritual topics, and guests. And we lovingly invite you to join our free Spiraling Higher community by clicking the link in the show notes to continue this healing dialogue and share with us how this episode impacted you. Come on in, introduce yourself, and meet your conscious besties in a safe space for healing conversations between us and other like-minded people on their healing journey. Here's to Spiraling Higher. Thank you.